0: Hello, welcome to PointCast, where we talk to voters about what matters most to them. In studio today, we have Jeff Crane. Thank you so much for coming out. Oh, it's my pleasure. And and talking with us uh, as another voter here in Indiana. Uh, if you don't mind, we l- a lot of times like to have our guests introduce themselves. Tell us about who you are.
1: I'm Jeff Crane, a father of two, happily married to my lovely wife, Leah. We are business owners in Indianapolis and uh, we are excited to be able to help folks find their passion and purpose and uh, as a career coach we help people start up their business that might match their strengths and purpose and uh, certainly skills and experiences they've had and all that intersects in an area where we hopefully lead them to a place to discover more that they wouldn't have on their own and so uh, but that's what I'm really passionate about with folks that are you know kind of that lost or frustrated and they're not getting right, that that, right, that excellent right. <laughs> they're not getting that excellent leap forward in their life and right so, um,
0: right why are, why are you so passionate about this type of work what led you into it
1: well i got downsized 3 times
0: mm, and wow. so um
1: that happened before i was even 36 and so we had two of those 3 times we had kids that were you know infants and, and uh, it just was something that is, is awkward when you get a bonus check along with a severance.
0: Wow, well, yeah.
1: I mean, a blessing. I don't want to sound, uh, you know, <laughs> ungrateful, right. but right. Uh, it was it was eye opening, and I couldn't realize. I had a tough time figuring out why I was going through that, and so I decided to make all that experience pay off in this career coaching because I know a lot of folks don't understand uh-huh. where we're headed with the world and of uh-huh. applicant tracking systems and all the complicated ways to get a job nowadays right, right, and so I also became really passionate about finding out well what can I do for myself because uh-huh. I don't want to rely on somebody else you know it's funny years ago in this country we were self-sufficient at least more so than today before the world wars I think 80% of the world of our world uh-huh. our little country was right. self-sufficient so uh-huh. Uh, then the Industrial Revolution and all the wars you know, we, that really kind of changed the whole trajectory of where our country was headed. But enough of the history lesson. I'm just I'm just passionate about folks getting to where they need to be, and, right, and I don't right. think uh, relying on somebody else is uh, the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's something that you share. Do you share this independence, not relying on people to people you work with and How are people receiving that? That's a different mentality than just going to work, not that going to work is a bad thing, but going to work, working for someone, receiving a paycheck, what's wrong with that?
1: Well, getting downsized three times wakes you up. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just, it's uh,
0: And what did it wake you up to?
1: I just think it opened my eyes to the fact there was more out there. Mm -hmm. Opportunity was bigger than what I knew existed. And so I needed Mm -hmm. somebody to help expose me to that.
0: So now you're a small business owner, mm-hmm. right? Do you have people working for you?
1: I do. I've got one uh, one associate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's a 1099 employee, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we're not growing at a huge rate. I don't know that I want to, but this is a, a really one-to-one kind of a business. I don't mm-hmm. know that it's that scalable, but it's a business that's going to help people put businesses together that could lead to bigger things. And so that's the transition and the trajectory, I think, where we're headed.
0: Right, right. Now, there's been a lot of talk about... Um, helping to fuel the development of small businesses like your own. Uh, Recent tax breaks are said to uh, be a part of Mm -hmm. that. Is that something that you expect to have a real impact on what you do? Uh,
1: I think it can. I don't know that it will for me personally, but for the businesses that I help people start, Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely a factor, and they're looking into, all right, how do I... um, get the incentives, maybe even discounts for that matter, wh- whatever it might be, to make sure that I'm building my business in a prosperous way or that um, it's encouraging to me to want to invest in the community. So, yeah, it's there's a relationship there with the government, and it, it needs to be you know, eyes wide open, frankly. Right. Uh, but there are so many different facets of the economy that um, I don't know how the government can get to them all. Mm-hmm. It's got to pick and choose. Well, what's your expectation?
0: So. What's what's for you as far as priorities if, if, if we're looking at – Uh, small business development and developing your business and you being able to provide for your family, out of all of the different aspects of the economy, what would be the most important for you as you continue to build this? Um, And assuming that you want to grow more in the future, at least to sustain what you're doing and to continue to provide for your family.
1: I'd like to have some sort of a way that the IRS would know that I'm launching a new business. I mean, I know they know when I apply for an EIN number, but I'd like to have that couple years worth of, um, I'd like to know that the IRS knows that I'm new Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and to give me a little bit of a help to get started. So those early years are so incredibly important that can change the trajectory of a business for year three and five and 10. Mm -hmm. And frankly, most businesses fail out of the gate. So um, let's try to surround them with the resources to be successful, and that may mean a, some tax breaks to start a business. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. greater good is to start a business to hire more people, right? So mm-hmm. I believe in fighting fire with fire a little mm-hmm. bit. And So if you want, for instance, with the veteran community, let's take veterans and let's put them in play to start more businesses to hire more veterans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. get each other. They understand the discipline and the things they've gone through together and that kind of teamwork. Right. Um, I, there is not currently legislation for the GI bill for instance to mm-hmm. be able to be used for a small business startup with the SBA
0: it's primarily for education yeah yeah but and, and for- but
1: you know traditional state schools like a ball state or a Purdue or IU even the the, the private schools uh, that's not the path that all veterans need frankly I mean they, we have to be honest there's so many other ways they could use that GI bill so if they were to be able to spend the same amount of money they were going to spend in college to start a business and put mm-hmm. four people in in you know into the tax rolls right Right. away wouldn't that pay back pretty quickly
0: well that's a big deal to redirect uh funding for veterans in such a way that it veers or it creates another lane uh, not just for education uh, or additional educational training or job training but to start a business and you brought up something interesting the irs people don't usually think of the irs as a help to yeah, no this is people yeah. are, are trained to be afraid of the IRS, and you're saying you wish that they were more aware of you so that they could help you. Oh, more, they're
1: aware. Right. <laughs> they're very aware. <laughs> uh, uh, what
0: sort of help have they provided to you, and what sort of help would you like for them to provide? Well, I'd say the that
1: their scope of their work is to collect, right? They're the, They're the collection agency of the government, right? But there should be some sort of in tandem to work with the folks that are the same government is guaranteeing an SBA loan, right? Mm-hmm. So right. why is this left hand not talking to the right hand to make sure that these people that we're backing up with government bonds or whatever it might be, right. you know, why aren't we making sure that they're successful and the IRS should be in the conversation?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's a gap right. in right. my
1: opinion. And right. back to the veteran topic, um, it may not have to be GI Bill funds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be, you know. Creatively done, right? There are a
0: lot of different pockets of funding for veterans. Let's yeah, just yeah, that on and, the table.
1: and there's and and I work with a lot of franchises, so franchising is in love with veterans. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go down that road too far mm-hmm. right now. But why aren't we using these hub zone grants, these these other tax credits and things, to put with that GI Bill money? Mm-hmm. And that that requires people hire people, and so you have to have a proven business concept which goes full circle with these franchises which by the way the SBA guarantees right lenders right. Have, have lined up for it mm-hmm. but but I'm having trouble finding the, the way to get all that together to help match make them together so mm-hmm. but that's a veteran conversation and right. so we have the smallest military I believe in our history hmm hmm um, chances are we don't know as many veterans as we think we do.
0: But we've gotten better over the years yeah. as oh, far as supporting veterans. Yes, I, I'd like uh, to believe that. Right, as opposed to the way we did maybe even 30, 40 years ago.
1: But we uh, should probably start there. I mean, mm-hmm. those folks who gave up an awful lot and the families of those folks gave up an awful lot to, to serve the country. So,
0: Well, uh, let's evaluate that a little bit more. When, when you bring a person back, let's say a 19-year-old goes into the military, serves 10 years, the military it has to get out of the military they've served their time honorable discharge now they're out they need to find a job Uh, they've had some training in the military but they need to be trained for civilian life Um, and if there were funding available for that person who only got their training through the military not to say that that's not good or adequate training would that really uh, be an option? I mean, it, it sounds as though money alone would uh, not necessarily be in the recipe for success. Wouldn't there be some other yeah. things that need to be built in there?
1: It feels like certifications would be a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things, you know, industries need certifications that aren't military grade, you know, right, that they need right. to be talking the language of the company. So that's a transition assistance program, right, to make sure they're talking about their skills, translating military vocabulary into civilian vocabulary. Mm-hmm,
0: and mm-hmm. that can be a
1: common common issue. And I've actually got a glossary of <laughs> words of, you know, a lot of abbreviations are in the military, right? So we translate those abbreviations into civilian language.
0: right? right. Um,
1: but that's just one thing along the path. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to spend money on veterans, whether it's the GI Bill to go back to school, which was the idea, right, mm-hmm. to get them trained mm-hmm. up, um, it may not be that simple because college is not for everybody first right, of all and after absolutely. you've been in the military you've already got a lot of training
0: right, right. so
1: it, it seems to be individual mm-hmm. you know and, and there needs to be some some way for the va or whoever whatever body would own that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It, you know there's transition assistance programs in the bases right the right. state of indiana where we're at right now doesn't have an active military base so we're we're a little light on that area
0: right no longer um, but those ones
1: who do have it's it's, it's there, but you got to go look for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I want to go back to a little p- bit of your story earlier. You were talking about being downsized, and a lot of people are not as fortunate as you are to have found your lane and to be able to grow your business and to just really find something that speaks to you. Um, and some of these people find themselves to be uh, not only out of a job, out of a home, mm-hmm. living on the streets. Here in Indiana we have a growing homeless community um that is becoming more and more visible to to a lot of people and some of those people are even veterans Mm -hmm. um what do you say to that how does that speak to you or have you noticed that
1: i have noticed it well in indianapolis downtown they're changing the real estate up so right the homeless camps are being moved on because of industry coming or redevelopment i guess Mm -hmm. um But I guess it breaks my heart anytime somebody doesn't have a place to live, you know, veterans, children, those folks that are needing care. I mean, I'd like to go back and research, and I've never done this, but we we had state institutions to help folks that were mentally ill. And so I think I'm really grateful for the mental illness awareness that's happening because a a lot of that leads to some of that, you know, homeless population. And Mm so... I think there's not enough research. Maybe there is on the homelessness. I mean, I'm not the expert in that, so I don't want to speak out of turn.
0: No, of course not. But well, the HUD has recently, as of I believe today, announced that they've given an $18 billion grant to the state of Indiana. But much of that money is going to uh, organizations that serve the homeless. Uh, those dollars may or may not be about getting them out of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, or getting them to uh, a level of empowerment, mm-hmm. the way that you were speaking about earlier. So what I'm really trying to do is examine the gap. Yeah. Right. So
1: there are some great organizations in town that are breaking the cycle of poverty, and mm-hmm. and, and you've got to be intentional about that. Are we just, are we in crisis mode in helping them out, or are we actually, once we build a relationship, are we? With them and we're helping the immediate need and the the firestorm is put out their immediate crisis is over can we get them to the place that will lead them to a path of you know Mm -hmm. sustainability
0: have you ever worked with anyone who uh is homeless Mm -hmm, i
1: have
0: right how what was that experience like for you
1: it was difficult um finding a time to meet finding ways to communicate um you know when folks sleep in their car that becomes their house it's just challenging Mm -hmm. you know and then um I try to treat people the way I would want to be treated, and if you don't know anybody who's homeless, you, you everybody needs some to know somebody that that's going through that. In fact, there's a great poverty simulation game that certain churches or organizations have. That's a neat thing. So if you mm-hmm. just Google poverty simulation, you know I think that's a pretty neat way to start trying to be more sensitive as to how people are living uh, with that. You know, right, curse, but right, uh, you know, right. I, I call it a curse because it's it's hard to break that cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you able to uh, make inroads with that person and help them to overcome their situation?
1: Yeah, there was. Yeah, I don't know that they're homeless now. They've they've taken our coaching and they've kind of moved on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but they had some friendship, and we were encouraging how to them to. Get those friends back, and they many have burned bridges. Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to help them restore some of those relationships and get the help they needed. A lot of it was medical and psych- psychological attention,
0: mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know.
1: And so getting those medicines correctly, getting that stuff figured out, and then they start so to get their feet underneath. So much
0: them. bigger than just finding your career, finding your passion. Yeah. And right. when you say "we," who's this "we" that you're referring to? That's working with.
1: Okay, folks? so I'm I'm a volunteer with a group called Passport to Employment. Mm-hmm. It's a very exciting group. Uh, been around about ten years, and there's a lot of resources there. But in general, anybody can go to the well, so to speak, and mm-hmm. pick up your phone and call two one one. You know, mm-hmm. there's those folks are trained to understand where the social services are and right. how to help you get exactly what you're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you may not even be able to know what to ask or know the questions you should be asking.
0: Right, and right, so definitely right. knowing
1: who to ask. So right, call two one one. You know, right, if you really right. want
0: to, those resources are available. And speaking to resources, do you think our, our local community, our local government, is doing enough to assist? people in trying to move from homelessness to a position of being empowered whether they're working for themselves or others?
1: It's hard to say. I've not studied it enough to give that an answer.
0: Mm-hmm. What does your gut tell you?
1: Well, My gut tells me that the private sector is doing it better than the government is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't have anything to validate that, but I right. but I do know that there are organizations that I personally give money to that I feel like are, you know, that are doing r- it really doing a great job that are a good model. Um, there are Organizations that I know are trying. And so I don't want to. I don't want to call somebody's baby ugly, but <laughs> but uh, is there enough cross-pollination of good ideas, and are people willing to listen? Right, you know, right, We don't need right. another nonprofit in this town. What we need is people to work together with the ones we've already got.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. In my opinion. Right. Now, you're a voter, right? Yes. You're, yes. You consider yourself to be an active voter? Yes. So looking at local and looking at national politics, are these some of the issues that you would be looking for or, or want to hear discussions about in order to vote for someone in the upcoming election?
1: Well, yeah, that and it it goes back, I think, to human rights and and I think the government's there to give rights, you know, and to make sure people are protected. Um, That gets real sticky on how people word that and Mm -hmm, some ideologies mm -hmm, there, but... -hmm. but, uh,
0: Some people are feeling really divided right now. And some people are feeling like we're on the right track. Where do you land?
1: Oh, I I don't think we're on the right track yet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think there's some great things happening at the local and state level. I try to pay attention to that first, Mm -hmm, because I mm -hmm. know I can make a difference there. It feels like the national stuff is out of touch to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Why does it feel like it's out of touch?
1: Well, I know we have access, and we can call senators and legislators and things, Mm -hmm. but um, I know that if I want to make a difference that affects my life every day, there's people that are local in office, you know, like my state, Senator lives up the street from me, so mm-hmm. I, I know. So you house. can go knock on the door. I can. I see him out. I won't. I, but I would. I'd be more professional than that, probably. But. <laughs>
0: yes. Let's hope. Let's not encourage. But everybody that. should know.
1: I mean, just start with learning who is your representative. Right. You right. Know, and right. that goes for your city. It goes for your county, and it goes for your state too.
0: And that also causes people though to only vote locally or nationally, or vice versa. Do you vote in both? I do. You do? I do. Okay. I often
1: find my, myself uninformed when I get to the poll.
0: <laughs> so do, how, do, how do you I inform don't know yourself? If,
1: well, and I'm still looking for that answer.
0: All right, all right, right. There are a lot of, like you said, a lot of issues out there, and where we like to start is really where you are in your own house. A lot of times national politics or politics in general starts from the outside, and they mm-hmm. like to think they work their way in. But I'm finding that voters, their issues start from the inside, and they're working their way out trying to understand the world around them and how those issues are going to impact what they're trying to protect Mm -hmm. um so let's go back to n you say you have two younger children how old Mm -hmm. are your children
1: they're nine and eleven
0: so education is something that is important to you at this point
1: absolutely it is
0: or do you um send your children to public schools or private schools i do okay so you're a supporter of public schools i am Right. So are you finding that experience to be a good one for them? A lot of public schools are failing.
1: Well, we are finding it a great experience. Um, there's a lot of options in the city, mm-hmm. lots of options. And so we did our due diligence to check out what the options were. And a lot of folks don't give city schools a chance. They're moving mm-hmm. to the suburbs. And um, But if you look under the covers a little bit, there's some great, amazing options and stories that um, need to be told and they don't get told because it's easier to spread negative news than it is
0: what is some know, of the gre- right exactly what are some of the greatest benefits you think that your children receive from going to a public school in the inner city because you're basically almost downtown right
1: midtown yeah midtown yeah
0: so you're in midtown your kids are there they their uh, their friendships are there mm-hmm. what are some of the benefits do you think that they're getting from public schools that they probably couldn't get if they went to private schools or more exclusive community schools? Well, one,
1: to commute. I mean, we live <laughs> a mile and a half from the school, so right. lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. important. Right. Um, they're exposed to new things and new people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, multicultures. I mean, my son has, I think, three or four nationalities of kids represented in his class, what? What? and that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, They've taken foreign two, two different foreign languages any given year. Mm-hmm. They've got music and art and all the things that go with the normal, you know, reading, right. writing, right, <laughs> arithmetic right. and things. Right. There are a lot of testing. They do a lot of tests. They do a lot of assessments, but they're really trying to dig in to figure out where they need to make the difference.
0: Are you at peace with all of the testing? Um, some parents are totally against it and some no. are not opi- no opinion. No.
1: I'm okay with it because they need to know where they're at. and mm-hmm. The big I-step stuff, I think it's an unfair measuring stick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what I'm really encouraged by are the little bitty assessments they're doing on a weekly, monthly basis because if you can't win the week or win the month, you're not going to win the year.
0: What about the graduation, the test that uh, students have to take to even graduate at 10th grade? How do you feel about that? I know you're well, ways they, off. At
1: least they have two years to, to take it again, right? Right,
0: right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um,
1: but, there's, there's, but do
0: you think graduation should be hung up on... A test, as opposed to your grades.
1: I haven't put much thought behind it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. We're not there yet. Well, you have some time. <laughs> it's okay. Have you years, have time. Yeah. You mentioned diversity and your children in their classroom settings. Is diversity something that's important to you?
1: It is. It is, and sometimes it's a lot.
0: <laughs> what does that mean for you? What well, does diversity mean for you?
1: Well, it's it's challenging, even when they come home from schools and they're asking questions, you know, about about certain classes of, of folks, and I hate to even use that term, classes of folks, it mm-hmm. sounds degrading. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we have folks even in the fifth and sixth grade that are identifying themselves, you know not as a male or not as a female Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're having these conversations way earlier now so that's Mm -hmm, unique mm -hmm. um but I appreciate that I don't want them to live in a bubble
0: right right
1: to be finding out about these things in college or
0: but that's hard isn't it to well we're just talking about this (laughs) stuff early we're talking about it early and how do you prepare yourself for those talks what what do you and your wife do to kind of
1: pray we just (laughs) pray (laughs) we keep praying uh but that I'm serious that, that prayer is a part of it but you know right um, but we know folks in, in those different communities because we live in a diverse area we've grown up in um, my wife more so than I did but mm-hmm. we're seeking these things out
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so
1: um, not having all the answers is mm-hmm. a confession to yourself
0: right but then okay. once
1: you realize that then you're open to figure out okay what, what what's going on out there at least right, right and when i when I know my kids are asking questions I don't want to just give them some answer or opinion
0: right right I
1: want to empower them to learn mm-hmm, and figure mm-hmm, that out so mm-hmm. I hope I can be yeah. helpful in that area but the reason why we live downtown and go to those schools we, I mean, we want to have our children exposed to multiple conversations mm-hmm. so what it's like to live two blocks over from a million dollar house and one that's boarded up on the other two blocks the other way mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. um, when folks you know don't understand um, where their next meal is coming from and those folks who have a full refrigerator mm-hmm. you know um, there's there's all kinds of things that, that diversity of thought of of um, nationality or gender I mean there's all kinds of diversity and you can slice things in many many ways
0: and what do you hope that that will do for your children that exposure
1: well I want them to be compassionate
0: mm-hmm. I
1: want them to understand that that you know God loves people
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and all people mm-hmm. and that uh, everybody has rights and we have dignity right everybody right. was created with dignity
0: right. and uh, there right. are
1: talents and skills and value that people bring and if they're if they're not aware of all these options and all these different flavors of, of what life looks like, right? shame right, on us.
0: Right. Speaking of diversity and compassion, um, probably uh, more so for the marketability though, there's been a lot of talk about um, the hate crimes bill mm-hmm. here in Indiana and what we hope that that will do uh, for the state and going back to you as a business owner is this something that you feel would have an impact on, on your business or even on your community?
1: My current business, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the businesses that I help people start, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, We're one of five states that doesn't have a hate crimes bill.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense.
0: And why do you think we don't have one?
1: Boy, there's a lot of answers to that. Um, it's not for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. People have championed legislation for the last decade or more, much mm-hmm. more, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I heard um, somebody even say they were working on it in 99 mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way things work in these procedures, they can get rolled into other stuff and changed. And, uh, you know, are we all getting along? Who's in okay. charge? How right. does it get manipulated? And right.
0: so
1: how much do you give before you let it turn into something else, before you say this is not— a change I'm, I'm okay with so there's a lot of stuff going on but it
0: right right what do you think people hope that a hate crimes bill would do that current laws don't already address
1: that's that's the curious part it seems from my, my little understanding is are we protecting individual rights or are we protecting a class of people or a you know mm-hmm. uh, a certain identification of people
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And and I guess I'm still hung up with Aren't, aren't we protecting everybody all the time? Mm-hmm. Are we loving everybody all the time?
0: Mm-hmm. Is it the laws? It, is it wrong to expect the law to be compassionate? I mean, isn't the law just the law?
1: I thought it was supposed to protect people. You okay. know. You know. But um, we're dealing with a history of a of a country with all kinds of bias and all mm-hmm. kinds of other things that are that are pretty impressively deep.
0: So you're looking forward to adjust the scale, perhaps, of justice.
1: Mm, um, yeah, I suppose. suppose that would be a,
0: or is that too broad of a statement? How would you phrase it?
1: How are we doing with the laws we've got? you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, are we, do we need to re- rewrite them certainly you know and update them?
0: But what about the people who say that hate crime is not an issue here in Indiana? So well, it's, it's well, that's,
1: that's an ignorant statement, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uninformed perhaps mm-hmm. uninformed statement.
0: Mm-hmm. And why do you think that someone would believe that? as opposed They're to isolated perhaps yeah yeah yeah
1: so get into community get into some folks learn about what's happening i think people in a state like like indiana it's easy to be surrounded by nobody
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's a state of small towns yeah right for the absolutely. most part for the most part um talking about community um i kind of want to end our discussion talking about community and a maybe in a broader sense, but community development. Okay. And some of the things that are going on here um, in, uh, in, in the area where you live here in Indianapolis with the new bus line that's going mm-hmm. on and, and some of the redevelopment of homes, um, past areas that were blighted. Uh, what do you think that's going to ultimately do for the people who have been here all this time? Uh, how will they benefit from those changes, the people who have been in those communities for twenty, thirty years, will they be able to participate in the benefits? Do you think, or how will that affect?
1: It's uh, polarizing. It appears mm-hmm. not just with people who have their opinions, but with the outcomes. Right. Um, there are families, my neighbors, uh, selling their house for many multiples times of what they bought it for, even with inflation adjustments. Like mm-hmm. the, they're creating wealth for their mm-hmm. family. And, right. And um, when they pass that on, either as a home, it'll keep growing, or mm-hmm. whether it's uh, something that they're cashing out and moving on to mm-hmm. something, you know, whether they retire or have to have senior care. Right. Uh, so I see that as a, as a great thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a reward almost for sticking with it and staying right. in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. protecting the, the community. Right. Um, uh, are there people being marginalized? I know it happens. I know it happens, mm-hmm. know it happens. And, uh, but when you take an empty lot and you're bringing life back to it or you're bringing a home that's boarded up and you're bringing life back to it Mm -hmm. or you're putting a bus line through the center line of town that people can get access to a job Mm -hmm. as some sort of hopefully a living wage, which is another podcast, I'm sure.
0: Mm -hmm. But um, how is that a bad thing? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And maybe that's a question we'll have to pick up on next time. Um, Jeff, i really like to thank you for coming out and talking with us and sharing what matters to you as a voter. Uh, One last question if you don't mind me asking is uh you prepare to vote in the upcoming election um is there anyone out there as far as candidates or the the present president uh that you feel comfortable supporting and you can speak to the person or the issues
1: boy i don't i just hope that they're open-minded and they're doing their job to listen Okay. You know, that's important. And we'll see you in the primaries if I vote offensively or defensively.
0: <laughs> there's well, a strategy there. There's <laughs> a strategy there, and that probably is a new show. Thank you so much again for coming and spending you time bet. with us. And thank, thank you, thank for you all for listening to PointCast. Uh, stay tuned with us as we have more discussions with voters in the future, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you so much.